Hello and welcome to the Feminine Arising Podcast. My name is Amber Moreno and if you are new here, welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Welcome if you're new here. We love having you. Who's we? Me and the two cats. One's outside right now. (laughs) Anyways, thank you so much for listening. And in today's episode, I really wanted to talk about something that's been coming up a lot with me lately, at least for me. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you feel the same way about it, or maybe it is coming up for you too. I don't know. But for me, definitely, um, we got to talk about some shit today. So we're going to dive deep. So in the future, episodes like this will actually be available on my Patreon. I'm going to go into depth a little bit, but not too, too much because again, I want to save details for Patreon and I'll let you know when I go ahead and launch that. Won't be for a little bit, but um, aiming to get it completely done and done, hopefully before the start of Q1. So before 2024, but we'll see. We'll see how things go. Anyways, let's uh, dive into this. So what has really been coming up for me lately has been my adolescent years. And I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm right about this, is that in the spiritual communities, okay, hold on, I heard a commotion. Okay, the commotion was my neighbor. I thought it was my cat. I have a cat, our Archer likes to be outside and he climbs the roof now, which is a new thing for him because he used to be afraid of heights. I remember, funny story, when we were living, we, me and my husband, we were just dating at the time. We were living in Hoboken, New Jersey. This was before we moved to Hawaii and we would let Archer out on the fire skate. We were on the fourth fifth floor but it was a seven floor building I believe maybe it was eight but anyway Archer climbed to the top of the fire escape and I had to go to work and don't let your cat up before work is what I learned but also he couldn't get down I had to climb up the fire escape like half naked to go get him he's and he's done that to my husband before too so it's been pretty funny but I heard something. I thought that was him, but my neighbors moving some stuff around, I guess, and throwing some things out. But anyways, um, but getting back to the adolescent years. So I'm actually stepping into a pretty big role for myself. And that is by stepping into psychic breath practitioner training. This is hosted by a dear friend of mine. I'm a client of hers as well, and so I'm really excited to get into this, but since I have said yes to this, a lot of weird things have been happening, one of them being more experience with paranormal type of things, which I'm kind of glad because it's really strengthening my fear gauge, if you will. I don't feel as afraid of things as I was in the past. However, a lot of strange shit's been happening, and I'll save that for another podcast, because Halloween's coming. Oh, Halloween is like next week. I'm so excited. Okay, yes, we're going to do a Halloween podcast next week. I'm so excited. Okay, anyways, um, maybe I'll do a special one, so it's on Halloween. I don't know. My mind is going different places now. Let's, Let's scale back. Okay, and since I've said yes to breath practitioner training, the psychic breath. I also have noticed a lot of my adolescent years have been coming up. And so this is why I say I feel like in the spiritual communities, there's a lot of talk about inner child work and healing the inner child, which is great, meaning like the kid you, right? So from like when we start becoming awake or even a little after that, like 10 to all the way till you were born or conceived rather in your mom. Right. And so it's just very, um, interesting that, you know, like, yes, that's a very important part of us, 
However, what about the adolescent you? Because a lot of bullshit happens between those ages of 11 and till you're in your 20s, right? And I count my adolescent years truly from like 11 till 19. And the reason for that is because once I turned uh, 19 and a half, I believe is when I started going to college. So that's kind of where I cut off for me personally, maybe, you know, adolescent years can really go into your young adult years, you know, as well. And so anyways, like I was saying, a lot has been coming up. And so I've been really notating down because I spoke with my my facilitator, my mentor, you know, what should I do? And just kind of bringing up certain things to her. And she, you know, said, start writing it down or talking it out or taking notes. So take notes of it because these are things that we're going to go talk about more in the training. And so it's very interesting. And I also have a retreat with her. Uh, Actually, not next week, but the following week, right? Yeah, because this weekend is the 28th. And so, yeah, it's just a lot of things to still let go and release. I think Arizona, definitely based on my astrocarthology, this is like the most potent area for feeling all the things. And I have definitely felt my feelings in ways that I still question if it's normal or if I'm not fully releasing, or maybe that's just how my body releases in that moment. And yeah, it's just very interesting to tap back all into these feelings. But since doing so, this is why I say the adolescent years are definitely something that I feel that I need to address and work on. And I truly believe that, you know, a lot of us need to work on as well, because let's face it, we have adults out there in the world that haven't even taken a look at their childhood. They don't even want to remember it most of the time. You know, my, my parents being a prime example, my parents have a lot of traumas. I know quite a bit of them because you learn these things about your parents. I know that, you know, like my dad lost a child at a very young age for probably it was part of his life story because that child wasn't really supposed to be his. I am for whatever reason. It goes down into soul tides and contracts and things. But again, we'll say that for another podcast. But and then like with my mom, you know, one of her bigger traumas, right, is living with people that have also experienced sexual traumas and feeling and experiencing the repercussions of those person's actions because those people were denied that they were even telling the truth, which is fucked, right? And so my mom's like me. She was, uh, oh no, she's not the middle of her child. She was the oldest of her siblings. However, she's like me in the sense that we didn't experience sexual abuse in our real, like in this lifetime, we witnessed others experience it and go through it, but we've never have. And so it's just interesting because I have this theory that one kid on each side is living out the path of the parent that didn't live that path out in this life. So for example, I like to use my in-laws as an example of this. So my father-in-law was a former police officer. He's retired now, but he never really truly loved the job. I think in the beginning it was exciting, you know, because he was young and, you know, first time being a cop back in the 80s and 90s. That's got to be fucking crazy, right? But as you get older, right, they put you more in the office and those types of things. They take you out of the field. Um, But like my brother-in-law is following that path and really loves it. And like he's going to go to SWAT. And then I don't know what his goal is ultimately, but like, you know, he can keep climbing the ranks if he wants to. And eventually, probably if he really wanted, become like uh, CIA or FBI, right? 
it depends on the path that he goes. And so like when I look at those two, it's like he's a continuation of dad. He still holds a lot of the traumas of dad, just as my husband does. However, you know, it's just interesting to see the dynamic of like those two souls made that made that contract that I'm going to keep living out the life that you could have had. Right. It's so interesting when I look at it that way. And then like for me, um, my mom, I feel like I'm a continuation of her story because I still don't have kids. My mom had my brother when she was 19 and that was a whole nother story. Um, but like for me, so he's my half brother, my older brother. And then for me, I'm 34, which always baffles my mind when I have to say these numbers because I don't feel that old. (laughs) I still feel like I'm in my twenties sometimes. uh, Yeah. Anyway, another podcast, but so I haven't had kids. Not yet. I want to, I really do. Birthing slightly scares me, but I think that's because I just don't have enough information under my belt. But anyways, again, another topic for another day, but at this point in my life, and this was the point when my mom met my dad, well, she had me when she was 32, but we're at the, I'm at like this pivotal point where it's like, I can still have kids now. I can have kids whenever I want at this rate, you know, but do I want to? Because if I have kids now, I'm going to relive her story, which she wasn't really in a financial position to have children, but my dad really wanted kids and convinced her. And she loved my dad. And so our family was born. Me and my little brother at the time was born my little sister. So that whole living dynamic is interesting. Um, But anyways, and so it's like, what am I going to do? Am I going to continue to let society tell me what to do and what I'm allowed to do and what I'm capable of? Because society puts more limitations on you than you can sometimes, right? And then the other side of it is like, or do I want to rebel, which I, I am naturally, I'm a Taurus son. And do I want to do whatever the fuck I want to do? Because a magic life is better than a normal life, right? Harry Potter fans, muggles, terrible, right? You know, like I have these crazy dreams and these aspirations and I want to see my kids have the life that I didn't have because my mom unknowingly, maybe probably gave me a slightly better life than the one that she had, but it was still the same because the patterns were not never broken. They're still there, which is why I believe a lot of Hispanic families, I am also Hispanic, we get stuck in poverty because we don't have this mindset of, okay, let's break our patterns. It goes beyond just understanding money. Like anyone can learn that if they, you know, you show them and they want to take the time to learn about the resource. It's not, to me, that's not what it is. Like they can Google on their phone, but it's breaking those patterns. It's that the belief, right? That this is all we know. This is who we are. And I really, it heats me up sometimes because I really feel that that's part of what holds people back in general. It hold, held, held me back for years. And it wasn't until recently I decided I can't do this anymore. I need to break these patterns. Like, yes, I've broken generational chains. Cool. However, there are patterns that I even hold within myself that are fucked and I need to correct them, right? We all have them. It could be, you know, maybe you come from a family that has like gangbangers in it. Like that's really common where I'm from. In fact, I personally knew a lot of them. I have cousins that are, they are in jail in and out all the time. (laughs) You know, I don't even talk to them because hello, you know, But I understand all of the lifestyle, how it works, like the mentalities of it, because that was part of something that I learned, had to learn in this life. My soul wanted to learn about this. I don't know. Crazy, right? But then there's also like 
the whole, you're coming out of poverty. So like in my family too, right? This poverty, my grandfather was from Mexico, very poor, grew up on a farm, had a third grade education, came to America, got into the military, learned English, married my grandmother. I don't know at one, probably before, maybe after. Yeah. It had to have been after cause their 10 years is different or they were, they're no longer with us in this plane, but you know what I mean? And so like that whole story, but then because he had that scarcity mentality and then he was also born during the Great Depression, so that's how he grew up, the mentality is a lot different than like kids today, right? Kids today, I feel, have it really, really fucking cool. First off, to be a kid today, like I want to be a kid today. (laughs) I guess I technically still am a kid today, but you know what I mean? Like just the way you grow up now is so different. And, but that right there, like, those are still patterns. These are patterns that we learn and that we have to recognize and be able to break up with them. And that's essentially what's happening for me with this whole adolescence coming up. Because during my adolescence, I was so angry all the time, like constantly. I can't remember a time I wasn't angry. Even when I look back to like my childhood, like when I was seven, or even younger, if I didn't like something, I would rage. I am an Aries uh, moon, so that's probably part of it as well. But you know what I mean? Like anger is my emotion. You want to see me mad? I don't even think I want to see myself mad because I see red. Like that's how upset I get. I see red and I black out and I don't red out, I guess, right? And I don't recall or remember what I'm saying, what's happening. Sometimes I'll literally have an outer body experience where I'm like witnessing what's going on, but I can't do anything about it. It's just going. And maybe you get that angry. At one point I literally thought, do I need anger management right now? Like, is that that serious? But I never, like, I've never done anything crazy. I've done some crazy things, but I've never done anything crazy like beat somebody up or rammed my car through something, which, trust me, I think we've all had these moments in our life where we're like, I just really want to run something over. Not a person, but something, you know? And it's normal. Like, this is part of the human experience. Obviously, don't do that. I don't, like, I've never done that. So don't do that. But don't do anything I've done either, actually. There's some questions I have on my own self. But you know what I mean? Like having that, that anger, that was me. Because as a kid, I was taught at an early age that crying is bad. You don't cry. Crying doesn't get you anything. It doesn't get you anywhere. All it gets you is some sympathy and nobody wants to deal with somebody that's crying. And again, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that like my own mother wasn't allowed to cry. I don't know how my grandmother was as a mom. I wasn't really there. I was living as a cell in my mom's body, but I wasn't really there, you know, so I can't say my consciousness was not with it. However, based on what my mom did to me, my little sister at the time, and who knows, maybe even my older brother, uh, I can imagine somewhat what it was like, and it probably was really shitty sorry grandma but it's true you know what I mean like I only understood my grandmother and witnessed her as my grandma who loved me to death my grandmother loved me so much grandparents man that love is a different type of love than your own parent love sometimes you know if you had a a deep relationship with a grandparent you know however I was very afraid of my grandpa and that was because he beat me with a belt over his treadmill because he needed it to make sure he got enough steps in because he was always battling diabetes. He used to be a heavy drinker when he was younger. And he had a bad heart as well. I think he had a stint put in at one point. Anyways, before I was even born, he had a stint put in. And so anyway, um, yeah, I was like slightly afraid of him because of that. But from that point on, I never did anything wrong for what he thought like I was fixed. Yeah. Cause I was deathly scared anyways. But yeah, like my grandmother, she would, she would hit us sometimes, but it was really more or less, we deserved it. We definitely deserved it when she's, when she got us, we would defy her sometimes. But I laugh because 
she would do this funny dance. It was called the Indian dance. That's so racist. I'm sorry, but that's what we called it. And it was like this crab walk. I'm not kidding. She, and she imagine this lady in moo's with hair, like a lion and red, like this is my grandma. Okay. And she would like put her legs like a crab and her face. Cause she was getting so mad. It was like her eyes were coming out of her head and she would make her mouth so small and she'd lift up one hand and literally start coming at you like a crab. It was the funniest thing. And you knew she was going to come get you. You had to run. Sometimes she'd get us, sometimes she wouldn't, but oh my gosh. But she only did that a few times in my life. I remember seeing it for the last time. I think I was like 17 or 18. And I told her a joke. I was like, hey, grandma, I want you to say, where's the beef? This was an old commercial. She didn't think it was funny. I don't know what was going on that day. She did not find it humorous. And I saw it. I saw the walk. And I was like, oh, shit. And I started laughing. And she realized what was going on because I started laughing and she caught herself and then she started laughing. I will never forget that moment. It was terrifying, but a pattern was also broke that day for her. If you think about it, kind of cool, right? But anyways, yeah, I mean, like I, what I think of like my grandma, I miss her, you know, and I think I always will because she's who raised me essentially. Like my mom was always working all the time, which is another reason why I think think well it's not that I think I know as a fact that that's why I'm really prominent on being a stay-at-home wife stay-at-home mom even if I don't homeschool my kids which I really don't know if I will or not it depends on what workload looks like at the time right (laughs) let's be real but and who knows how the world will be functioning then too but just to be there for them, you know, picking them up from school or wherever that is, you know, being there for longer, like the worst was getting dropped off by my parent, by my grandparents to school and then getting picked up by them and then having to wait. And then sometimes having dinner with them again, not that I didn't love them. I, I loved my grandmother very much. However, nothing can replace that child mother bond. And I never fully felt like I had that. And even in my adolescent years, I really, like, that's when it started disintegrating, to be honest. Like, as a little kid, I remember some of the best moments of my life was spent with my mom, you know? Like, I loved it when me and my mom, just me and her, we would go to the mall together and have, like, girls' night, and she would buy me one thing I wanted in the mall and we'd walk around and talk and then we'd go eat at the food court. I could get whatever I wanted, which as a kid, like that's having that type of choices and freedom is always like, oh my God, you know, amazing. And then we'd go home. Sometimes we'd stop at Blockbuster to rent a movie for the weekend. And this was like a Friday night thing that we would try, my mom would try and do it every time she got paid you know, at the time my father wasn't living with us. So I think that's partially why she was also doing it. But those were like, like, I always remember that or the times when I was really upset, you know, um, crying, which didn't happen often because we weren't really allowed to and she didn't know what to do because I wouldn't stop. There's nothing she can do to stop it. And because it was like a sadness cry rather than an angry cry. And she would, uh, we ditch school and work, her work, me, school, and we'd hang out. And like, those are my favorite memories of my mom. My mom is still alive, by the way. I just want to make that clear. (laughs) But our relationship is different now also, which is being an, an adult and having a parent is always weird too, right? Like it's so weird. But so coming back to adolescence though, like I was saying, this is really when our relationship started to disintegrate. Because I'd say like around 10 is when I really, truly kind of started really liking boys. I feel like that's about the age, maybe sooner. I remember I tried to kiss a boy once when I was in kindergarten. (laughs) Got in a lot of trouble. My uncle caught me. Whoops. I didn't get my kiss either. Just wanted to let you know. Sad day for Amber, I guess. (laughs) But anyways... Um, yeah, like I always kind of liked boys. I'd say it started, yeah, in fifth grade. Cause I still remember there was this one kid, Andrew, that I really liked 
and he had a little rat tail. And I always think of that rat tail because he never cut it off. Like I remember seeing him again in high school, like senior year, and he still had the same haircut. I was like, whoa, talk about some serious commitment. Like, wow. I don't know anybody that has the same haircut from when they were a child. (laughs) I wonder if he still has it now in his 30s. But anyways, yeah. And so that's kind of when mom and me, our relationship was, yeah, boys. Because I think my mom was just so afraid that I was going to repeat what she did with my brother, which never happened. Not one time. I can say successfully to this day, I have never been pregnant. Not once. But I also have to thank pharmaceutical for part of a good majority of that, which I don't want to do. But my mom put me on the pill at 14. I think my sister, my little sister ended up going on the pill that same year, maybe a year later. Might have been the same time, to be honest, because my mom was just like, I don't want to have to go through this. I don't want to know kind of thing. Um, Yeah, really interesting. But it's just, again, coming back to the adolescence, like stuff like that, like just like the craziness. And then for me, it was the lack of privacy that I had. Like I feel, and I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not a parent, but I feel like as your child gets older, you're supposed to like trust them more and not just that, but like their, their bodies are changing. You know, I'm not as willing to walk around naked in front of my mom. Like even today, like I know she knows what my body looks like. Okay. She gave birth to me. I know what her body looks like because she gave birth to me, but no, like, no, you know, no, no, thank you. I'm 34. We don't need to go there. Like, come on. And (laughs) But that's my my mom. Like, there's no privacy. And I was just like, this is how she grew up. Like, everything that she's put me through, every little thing that she put me through while I was in high school, middle school, even college, because I lived with her in college. Like, she did that shit because her mother did it to her. And so to her, she perceived that as a normal thing. But I'm like, no, this cannot be normal. I feel like, like, she used to go read my diaries like I would hide them from her and she would dig through my room I had to get really good at hiding shit from her that I think this is why she didn't know I was on drugs for a good period of my life because I got really good at hiding them so parents if you ever want to know where your kid might potentially be hiding something I can probably tell you (laughs) just just throwing that out there but you know what I mean like craziness like that and I would imagine that another parent wouldn't think to do that to their child because privacy I mean I get it like you know sometimes you want to know what your kid's up to you know but there's other ways to go about it like come on I don't know like just talk to them like that was the thing the communication in my family sucked it still really sucks I I my husband knows how I feel about it because I always say I don't like talking to my parents for too too long not because I don't love them I really do care about them it's just the surface level conversation like I can't like I could never talk to them about like this kind of stuff I'd get murdered if they even knew I had this podcast but would I no I wouldn't actually get murdered but you know what I mean like that whole like uh, yeah anyways but when I think back to poor adolescent Amber I really have to hug her and love her because she didn't truly know what that was and I didn't I didn't know what it was I remember that was why I was so boy crazy because I wasn't getting the love that I needed from my dad. He was going through his own bullshit at that time. Like he was battling alcoholism all over again, which once you're an alcoholic, right? You're an alcoholic forever. I don't know why that's the curse, but that's the curse of that medicine, poison, whatever it is. And, you know, he was dealing that with that plus my mom's ridicule to him all the time my mom was always emasculate she still emasculates my dad it just is what it is she laughs about it when I tell her but that's what she does and then on top of that he's losing his job he's going through a midlife crisis you know like there was a lot of shit that was going on and it's not to make an excuse for him you know this is not an excuse for him I let him know my dad knows he does not get excuses with me but you know what I mean? Like 
he's dealing with all of this. How can he be present there for to love me? He can't even love himself, let alone his wife in this moment, right? And so I'm just like, boy, hungry, literally, just looking for affection in every corner, nook and cranny everywhere. Like, it was bad. It was bad. And then, like, I, I don't even know, my, my, I think my little sister was doing the same thing, to be honest. She was just keeping it under the wraps better because she saw that I didn't give a fuck and I didn't. And so I would always get in trouble for shit. But I was, like, rebelling at the same time. You know what I mean? And these are just a few examples of the things that have been coming up for me ever since I said yes to this psychic breath practitioner training. And so it's just been very, very interesting being very observant again. But also what's interesting is during this time, because I was also finding myself as a person, I feel like I'm resonating again back with a lot of these things. It could also be because I have this conspiracy theory and it's more, eh, it's not really a theory. It actually does happen, like literally, because I grew up in fashion. Why did I say grow up in fashion? I mean, I kind of did. I love fashion. Anyways, so fashion recycles itself every 30 years period, no matter what. Seasons as of lately have been recycling every three years. Trends is what I mean. It's not seasons, trends. And so like if you'll notice things that were popular back in like the early 90s, that's why they're popular now because I'm 34. I was four years old in the 90s. So every 30 years. So when I'm 60, we're going to go through this again. So if you're listening to this now, hang on to every piece of article clothing that you have and just try to keep trim and stay in that. And because you're going to need it again. So like your, your staple pieces, keep them. Okay. The wide leg jeans, keep them. The Doc Martens, keep them. I'm not kidding. Like, trust me, (laughs) I know these things, but yeah. So I think that's part of also why I'm kind of like going back into this reminiscing of that time. The government has a funny little way of making you deal with things like that. They're doing it for a different reason because they want to bring back that nostalgia, feed off of that energy and then use it for marketing tactics. Because you got to remember, we live in Corporation of America, not actually the US of A, as I like to say. But, you know, so we have to remember these things. So I think partially, like I was saying, that that's why... I'm kind of like going back to these these years in my life. But again, like that was a childhood moment. It wasn't really like a, like in my adolescent years. In my adolescent years, I listened to a lot of like punk rock music. I would name off some of the bands, but I feel like not everyone would know who I'm talking about. But you know, like that's how I made a lot of my friends. That's how I met a lot of guys a lot of other, you know, cross-pollinating friends, like you'd have friends in like different counties in the state because you'd all go to these certain shows out in Hollywood and LA and yeah, fun times. But I was very, very upset and very angry though during this time, which is why I would numb out. I'd do drugs. I would drink. I would do whatever I could to escape the reality that I had at that time in my life because home life was just so tough Like I was homeless as a kid. My own grandmother wouldn't take us in because she hated my dad. I don't know why she hated him so bad, but she did. Well, I can see why people didn't like my dad because he was a drunk and he probably said a lot of fucked up shit because my dad used to say fucked up shit to me too. You know, that's ultimately though why I was doing what I was doing. And it's not to make excuses for it. Like for whatever reason, my soul wanted to experience that. For whatever reason, I needed to experience that in this life to understand things, right? I think that's another thing that I don't, well, not just me, I do it, but just in general as a human, we need to look back at things more often than not, not to remind ourselves of the pain, not to remind ourselves of how shitty it was, but to understand that there's other people that are also going through that right now. Like, so this is a more recent example. My husband and I went to Denver last weekend, not this last weekend, the weekend before, two weeks ago from the time you hear this. And we went to this one 
bar called the crypt because it was getting pretty late we just left meow wolf we went from like eight to ten or whatever almost closed the place out meow wolf was so cool you have to go to meow wolf if you've never been i have only gone to the denver one every time i try to go to the vegas one they're sold out but anyways so amazing you don't even need mushrooms or anything like you just trip out sober in that place (laughs) it's crazy but anyways um yeah so we were looking for somewhere to eat we're both vegan i'm just saying it as it is i'm vegan he's more plant-based than i am he'll eat meat every every now and then I don't, I, tr- I avoid it, but, um, we were looking for somewhere to eat and all the places were closing cause it was almost 11 or the kitchens were closed. Cause yeah, it's just, it was getting late for a lot of these vegan raw food places, which I totally understand. I'm usually in bed by that time. However, we're on vacation in Denver. So this place called the crypt, really cool bar. To- I would totally go to this bar all the time if I was still drinking, like it had a red room and then the black room and the the black room was the back room which had another bar and that's where the live bands were playing too loud my ears hurt couldn't do it but good thing because you had to order food in the red room and they had vegan options so we just ordered like the vegan poutine which just had tofu on it to make it vegan which was kind of funny but I didn't I didn't eat those were good I didn't eat the tofu part but I liked the gravy was good the fries were good. And then there was like this other thing I ordered. Oh my gosh, what was it called? Something Rojas. Anyways, it was like mushroom. It was like a mushroom dish. And it did it did the trick. It wasn't like the best food, but I, I was also ordering food at like 10.30 at night. You know what I mean? But the bar was really cool. It was this punk rock bar. And the guy in front of me uh, was this punk rocker. Like he looked like he was in his 20s, probably like mid 20s. And he just reminded me of like all of the friends I would have in LA and like how much fun it was to hang out with them. But then remembering like how much they hurt inside and how angry they are. And we're using that anger and channeling it within for whatever reason. And then creating like this little outburst of an individual, which is us, that punk rocker or rebel, whatever you want to call it instead of taking that anger and channeling it towards into like a more creative way where we can use that as a, as a symbol of love to get the same outcome that we want, but we're not because we're so fucked up and hurt and in this tight little ball and we just want to hit somebody in the face, not because they deserve it, but just because we're so upset. And so it was kind of like, just like, wow, like, my life is flashing before my eyes. And I remember when we left the bar, well, we were talking, me and my husband, about people that participate at places like the crypt because I was one of them. And I do miss it, I told him, but it's more of missing the camaraderie that comes along with that because we're just, I mean, and my husband said it, right? We're trauma bonding, essentially. And that's what you do. And that's what I did as an adolescent. And I continued that well into my 20s. And it wasn't until I was 25 is when I finally woke up and got out of it. Because I realized that fighting the man the way I was doing it is not getting us anywhere. Like at all. People think we're trash. They don't want to help us. You know, there's got to be a better way. And then finally I realized there is a better way. You have to literally, it's like they say, if you can't beat them, join them. You join them, but you learn their game better than they know their game. And then that's how you defeat them. Ultimately, you have to understand it on that level, because when you're just a player on the chessboard and you're not the actual creator of the game and understand it in a way that the creator would see it, then it's two different stories, right? One you're trapped in. It's like the Truman show, essentially, right? Truman wakes up. You got to wake up too. That's when I started waking up, like around 25-ish. Didn't truly fully happen until I was 30, but that's for another, another story, another day. I'm pretty sure I shared this on another podcast, but yeah. So I was kind of, like I was saying, glad that my husband got to witness that because it's hard for me to explain parts of my life that has happened without him truly kind of seeing it for himself firsthand. 
granted it was kind of like a taste rather than like the reality of it but he still was in the vibe in the aura of that type of mentality and just it's good because then you can understand people better differently in a different way as well at least that's what I believe so adolescent Amber was alive young and well in that moment and yeah it was just kind of kind of interesting and a good reminder and so with all of this to say I really just want to bring to light I guess the importance of healing our adolescent as well I don't think enough like we don't do that enough we're always fixated on the inner child which is great the inner child needs to be healed I've done my own inner child work I feel like I'm in a good spot with my inner child that we're even tapping back into things that I like to do which is a good thing but my adolescent years is really truly I feel where I started developing who I wanted to become and so now it's really healing a lot of things that are put there and honestly and I've heard this from older people your life is a continuation of just healing the last decade right and so like I'm in my 30s I'm currently gathering up right now traumas little ones right but that I don't probably even realize it's happening my husband is too but we're actively healing as well and so I've healed 10 through zero for the most part. There might be more stuff that I don't know about. Probably. It'll come up when it's ready. But now I'm healing from 11 to 20. And it's a lot that has happened just in that time frame alone. You know, and there's parts of it that I don't remember. Because I either read it out or blacked out or browned out. <laughs> One of those. Which is not good, right? But that's okay. It's somewhere in there. Maybe I'll remember. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. If I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to. That's how I always see it. But I can heal those things. And then after that will be 21 to 30. And that won't even probably get tackled until, who knows, closer to 40 maybe. Maybe sooner. It all depends on my journey. But that's what's so interesting though. And when that an older individual mentioned that I was like that's so true though like it is so true like we're always constantly going to be healing ourselves and constantly be working on ourselves I always like to relate it back to fitness because I love fitness which fitness is another outlet that I use to escape my life in my 20s and we'll talk about that another time but I do I do honestly love fitness like deep down it's my jam like I love it I love the bodybuilding community even though they're like killing themselves <laughs> ah it's it's like it's about the the values that they hold that's why I love it and just like in fitness right you got to practice lifting weights every day your body remembers how to do how to do it however you need to do it every day because otherwise you're going to not keep the same muscle mass or get smaller right you have to eat the same way practice eating the same way every day so you can continue to harbor a good foundation in your body and in your brain and cleanse the body that's what you're supposed to do when you when you diet but another like I said another topic for another day right but we're practicing all these things to help improve ourselves and keep either get to the goal that we want, which is to be healthier and live longer, or the goal of weight loss or whatever the case may be, but we're practicing and working every single day towards that, right? And essentially, to me, life is the same way with healing. If we're not practicing every single day, you know, the healing things, like I do the breath work every day. Did I like doing it in the beginning? No, I'd rather smoke weed. But the breath work is what works. It helps. It cleans the lungs out. Feeds your mitochondria on a level that, you know, a lot of us don't eat properly. So it's not even doing it. The breath work helps in that way. I do that. I do the yoga to help my muscles sustain to be nice and limber and strong. To help strengthen my ligaments in ways that weightlifting cannot. 
I still weightlift not as much as I used to. I'm getting back into it because I had a back injury, which I'm pretty sure I talked about on another podcast. But, you know, like I do all the little things. I drink the celery juice. I these this all ties into helping healing myself, right? Physically healing myself, mentally healing myself. Because when you work out, you're focusing on different things. It puts you in a flow state, a theta state. At least the way I work out. Maybe if you run, you know what I'm talking about, right? And on top of that, like I I have to still pray. And this is the number one thing too I think I need to mention before I go is we have to believe in something bigger than us. We are God. We're a fractal of God. My brother, my older brother does not believe in God. It drives me insane. I'm like, this is why your life fucking sucks. Like he can have like, okay, my brother's really good with like reselling shit, but he doesn't believe in a God that's greater than him for the capacity to do things because he has that God inside of him. I have that God inside of me. You have that God inside of you. We all have it. Every single person has it. If you have a soul, you have that God fractal, but he doesn't believe So therefore, life happens to him all the time and he can't control it. And it sucks because I'm like, you could be like Gary Vee or some shit, but you choose not to because you don't believe that that is something that can happen for you. And it drives me crazy. But you know, that's his life. This is his journey. Maybe one day he'll wake up and realize that maybe not. Maybe it won't be till the next. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's not my journey. But you know what I mean? Like, I have to do what I can for me so that I can at least show people like him, hey, there's another way. Isn't that like cool? It's crazy at the same time, though, to me. (laughs) So you have to keep doing what's right for you so you can also show others around you that it's possible, whatever that is. For me, my first dream was to become a stay-at-home wife or mom I'm not a mom yet but I'm halfway there like I'm a stay-at-home wife I had guys tell me that was never gonna happen and they'd laugh in my face and then they thought twice and it didn't work out literally everyone thinks I'm crazy there's people right now that think I'm fucking wasting my life but little did they know I run this amazing business I have a podcast you know it's more than just taking care of the house and feeding my husband and the cats there's so much more and it's whatever you want it to be I'm an abundant individual you can be too they can be too I don't even know how this oh because I just people need to know that there's a God like there is Jesus is real too and I don't need to prove it I don't I'm not going to I don't care about that because I just know his love is infinite And that's what it is. Jesus' love. Jesus' love, like they say, it's true. It's the Christ-like love that we all embody. We all have it. You know why we all have it? Because we're fractals of God. We just forgot how to tap into it. This is why I do my healing work every day. This is why I swish and rotate between different ways that I pray. How I talk to God. Prayer is so important. You don't have to be like, on your knees and your hands folded like they teach you in church. You don't have to do any of that shit. I just talk to God. I talk to my plants that's talking to God. Your plants have a life. Anything that lives, whether it's a rock on the ground, a tree, whatever, an animal, that's a fractal of God, the creation, right? The consciousness that needed to become matter to experience a different life. That is such a beautiful thing. Like, it's so amazing. I'm glad we got on this good tangent to end this because life is so beautiful. Like, you ever watched the movie Michael with John Travolta? If you haven't, I highly recommend it. It is a really good movie. You will cry because there's a scene where it's at the end. I'm spoiling it. Sorry. But there's a scene where John Travolta eventually has to go back to heaven. I don't know if heaven's real, but... (laughs) He's got to go back to heaven, wherever that is. The ethers, ethos, the ether, I don't know, back up there. But he says this really profound thing. And he says, 
He's just going to miss Earth because of how beautiful it is. And it is. And life gets to be beautiful every single day. It doesn't have to be this shithole ran down life that I was trying to run away from in my adolescent years. It can really be beautiful if you stick with it and you just keep doing whatever it is that you want and need to do, healing yourself internally, externally, however that looks like, and just keep at it. Like, you're a fractal of God. You can do whatever the fuck you want to. And never let anyone tell you what to do. Oh my gosh, my kids are going to be running around screaming that. If they ever go to a public school, they're going to get thrown out because I'm going to teach them, don't tell, don't let other people tell you what to do within reason, like obviously. But you know what I mean? Like, you're so capable of so much. And there's all these people that have yet to experience your magic that don't even know you exist yet. Isn't that crazy? There's people right now that don't know I exist that need to know that I exist. And same for you. And that's so beautiful. Like, it's amazing. Anyways, my heart was all in that. So hopefully you felt it. But I'm really excited to do a spooky (laughs) podcast for next week because it's Halloween. I got my candy ready. I got stickers to give out too if they don't want candy. Everyone's going to want the candy. I definitely didn't buy enough. But I'll be here and I hope you enjoy your holiday weekend if you celebrate Halloween. If you don't, why not? Have a little fun. Like it's Halloween. And I'll definitely catch you on the next podcast for the Halloween one. And then we'll see what where life takes me after that. But yeah, have a beautiful week, weekend, holiday, and I'll see ya. Wanna see ya. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to go ahead and give this a like if you resonated with it. Also, you can follow me over on Instagram and TikTok now at I am Amber Moreno. Hope to see you over there and thank you again. Love you so much.